Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every episode we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide is the game good by today's standards? Is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your stand joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we played Castlevania 3 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Castlevania 3 is the story of Dracula's honest attempts to reform his old ways and contribute to society by leading an undead industrial revolution. Unfortunately, the local townspeople weren't quite ready for locomotives, spinning jennies, and cotton gins, so these close-minded fools hired a mighty Belmont called Trevor to put another round of nails in Dracula's coffin. Okay. Um, there's a lot, lots, lots to think about here. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Belmonts were outcasts. Yeah, okay. Um, Dracula, I don't think he was bringing technology. I think it's, he was just bringing evil. But... Okay, um, we get to this game. We played. This is our third Castlevania game. Yeah, Castlevania three. Very much takes place in like the Middle Ages, kind of yes. like fourteen seventy six. You think ish? I don't know. Okay, but why are there why are there so many levels with like big spinning gears and like moving mechanical pieces? This is like hundreds of years before that should exist. Well, d- have you seen the Castlevania show? Have you gotten around to it? No, you were slightly more open minded. To it after we covered the yes. Castlevania games. Yeah, no, I, I remember talking about like, oh, I want to watch the Castlevania TV show. Yeah. Well, I think Do they it, talk about why there's big spinning gears everywhere. Well, his castle like moves. And he, I think his like he's a super advanced scientist kind of minded thing. That's which is part of I think why. See, they could have so, just let him bring society forward several hundred years. They and could benefited have, from it. But I think the story went is like he fell in love with somebody, and then she was like embracing his technology that was like spinning gears and medicine Wait, you're and thinking like, of no you're thinking of okay. the plot of napoleon dynamite the <laughs> b plot with kip and lafonda yeah no but yeah everybody turns against dracula because they think he's evil so he's just like fine let's let and then they think they kill his wife and then i think that's why the revenge begins in the show oh this is the tv show okay. tv show yeah you don't get any of that in the video game you no. get dracula's back again why we don't know he's just back no. And what do you mean no? It's he's not back. This is a prequel. This is a prequel? Jump. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is this a prequel? We're going to jump on the fun facts a little early. Uh supposedly this is this takes place 215 years before the original Castlevania. Okay. So it's in the far past. Okay, okay. You didn't <laughs> No, I didn't get that. I didn't get that from the game. All I got was there Dracula is here and there was a whole family of vampire killers. But the town kicked him out for some reason because they were t- they were scared of their powerful. The, did you read the opening cutscene in this? Yes, and it's it had some a, of the worst. I know. <laughs> it says that they 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 went and found a mighty Belmont called Trevor. <laughs> they found it. <laughs> like, it said right. just this so like Dracula was evil and they tr- he was trying to take over the land with evil, so they were trying to eradicate his evilness or something like. Yeah, it's just this yeah. horribly worded like opening cutscene that's like you get the main Dracula's idea. bad. He's taking over Europe. They banished the Belmonts because they were powerful, but then they had to get them to lay evil to rest. Well, thankfully Trevor was still around. Trevor, yes, or what is his uh, Richard Ricardo Belmondo? I forget what, what? I forget what his name is in the Japanese version. Oh, he's not but Trevor? A, no, he's not He's not Trevor. That's not a very Japanese he's, name, no. but neither is <laughs> Ricardo Belmondo. Yeah. I want a little yeah. Italian there yeah. for that <laughs> one. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah. There's also yeah. some more, like, uh, some weird 
English translations in this game. Yeah. My favorite was, uh, who did you finish the game with? Who were your characters? Uh, finished Alucard. The game? Okay. So I finished with, uh, what's her name? It's Sa- a girl. Saifa. Saifa. And you get a little, Sifa? a little blurb at the end that says, um, since she met Trevor, she's beginning to feel more comfortable with herself. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was the big, it's like you just killed Dracula and you're sitting there and it's like, and since she met Trevor, she's beginning to feel more comfortable with herself. It's like, well, that was, it's really nice. She had expanded her self-awareness and, you know. I think in the internet Castlevania Lord, they actually get married. Yeah, no, like they're, they're definitely cuddling in the end cut scene. But she, (laughs) yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to get any of the other characters. I think we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, yeah, Alucard was just. It's oh. the one I got. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about got. that. But what other fun facts? Yeah, you got? let's let's get into the fun facts. Of course, this one developed and published by Konami. Yep, as Castlevania games are. This one came out in December of 1989 in Japan. It came out in September of 1990 in North America, and it came out in December of 1992 in uh, Europe. Wow, that's a big so, gap. Yep, another big gap. And as I said, it's a prequel that supposedly takes place 215 years before the original Castlevania. And like, I think the Wikipedia was like, it, it takes place before uh, 215 years before the events of Castlevania and Castlevania II, uh, Simon's Curse, which is like, I don't think those think those games happen very closely together. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> you're not, you're not really getting a whole lot of lore in these early Castlevania games. <laughs> well, there's like stuff as I, as I dug in, I think to the Castlevania fandom or something that was like lore discrepancies. And it got into the, how Dracula got his powers. Sometimes the lore I think implies that he got them before he died. And then in other ones, it's like after he died or like something just, I don't know. He's undead. So it kind the, of, the it whole all thing is blends confusing. together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game actually has multiple endings based on the choices that the player makes. Yes, very small. I mean, you get like a one person a screen different and yeah. a different block of text, but yeah. yeah. Uh, this game has two main routes through the game's 15 or 16 stages. I don't know if it if it was 15 or 16. I saw two different numbers. I played 9? Nine. 9. Yep, there's 9 stages. Um, and, and apparently the main branch happens after level three. It's like, you're going above, like across a lake. To yes. His I had two or like times, through tunnels and scaling walls or something. I got two different times where it let me either go up or down. I thought it was like three different times where it let well, me. Well, we might've taken different yeah, decisions. We probably it did. Probably... Cause you got a different character than I did. That means you took a different path than I took. Yes, that's true. So I like that. That's good. We'll probably talk more about that. North American and pal versions have some hidden features not present in the Japanese version. Like entering your name as help me to start the game with 10 lives. Yeah, I saw there was actually a few different names you could put in and it would let you start mm-hmm. with different characters mm-hmm. too. Yep, yep. But the difference in the Japanese version is there are some easier enemies, different audio, some other changes to the graphics and, and effects and stuff. So the Japanese version has some differences but may or may not be better i don't know this is a weird the one. music definitely sounded better i went in and did like a like a side by side where they had the american music in the left ear and the japanese yeah. music in the right ear and they have like a better sound chip in the japanese yeah you were enjoying those extra saw wave channels yeah, like, yeah it was cool and actually hearing both of them at the same time was extra cool you can't yeah. beat this konami music man <laughs> they like they peaked hard in the late <laughs> 80s like there's there's no there's just like there's no beat in it. Really? Yeah. Okay. 100%. I would have to listen to like some of their Super Nintendo soundtracks which I'm less familiar with, but you got like Turtles in Time. 
Like that's a bop. Yeah, but this is the thing. When you when you're working with strictly 8-bit and you can make something that sounds like this. And then also I went back and played a little bit of Castlevania 1 after I beat Castlevania 3. Yeah. And just like hearing how big of a step up that is going from 1 yeah. to 3. Like even on the same software or hardware, sorry, they were able to just absolutely outdo themselves. Yeah, well, in the, in the Japanese version, they actually had like a special chip inside the game that enabled, you know, better audio. But I guess the North American NES couldn't support or not non-Famicom, I guess is probably the case in Europe as well, couldn't support the extra sound channels. So they had to put in the just a regular other chip, I guess, or something. Guys, the music that know. Konami made was so good that your puny American NES could not <laughs> handle it. It couldn't support the weight of the epic jams that Konami was trying to pump into it. Imagine an underpowered Nintendo console. I can't. I can't imagine. I can't fathom it's just it. outside of the realm of fathoming. <laughs> You're right. Oh, all right. At some point, Jordan, Nintendo Power listed this as the ninth best NES game. At some point. <laughs> it just said wow. on the Wikipedia page, it was just like, Nintendo Power called this the ninth best NES game. It's like, uh, when? When? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's up there for me. I was a, I'm was i a big fan of this. I had a yeah. very good time over the last two days playing this. Is it going to be in your top nine NES games? Uh, it, it. I could look at the list and tell you just based on what we've played if it's in the top nine, but it's probably up there. <laughs> If this, this if if your MySpace page was made of NES game like your top your top ten did it start at four and then go up to eight and then they were like do whatever you want top twenty four I think yeah that sounds right <laughs> I remember two the, two episodes in a row we've had a yeah, reference to MySpace I remember the social pain of not being in somebody's top eight I know you yeah. really understand where you are with somebody what they yeah. think of you. Yeah. It's, it is painful. So just looking <laughs> at the games that we've covered so far and looking at what I have in my top 10 or whatever, this would fall into my top four NES games that we've covered. <laughs> so there you have it. Which ones are better? Um, <laughs> we'll talk about this in, yeah, the, in, the, we'll in, get, in our, in our Patreon segment. spoil our yeah. Patreon segment. We'll yeah. get to this later. Where we talk about before and after. Patreon.com slash worth it or worthless. You can support the show for $2. That's right. You get a little get bit of perks, extra bonus content, including a regular feature where we take the game that we just played and try to slot it in. Where does it fall into the games that we've played? I don't know. The 102 people, games that we've played on the podcast. You don't want to hear my thoughts on that today. I'll tell you that much, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Dan finally finished his list. I did. It took me uh, like 40 minutes. Yeah. Jordan sent me, okay, so Jordan, he's a saint for typing out every game that we covered on the podcast no, I just into copied, my text message thread just copied and then out of sending a link. Fortunately, you can search through your text messages on an Guys, iPhone. if you ever want to be a saint, <laughs> just learn how to copy and paste. Dan will call you a saint. It's phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, so I just had a nice copy and paste list that I could just put in that. What, what was the website? Ranker? Uh, it's somebody's name. Uh, it's a, it's pub, a pub meeple. Oh, pub meeple. Yeah. It's pub meeple. are the little wooden characters from board games. It's originally a website made for oh. ranking board games, but now they let you rank anything you want. Yeah. You well, paste a list in there. You can rank whatever you want. Yep. You can paste the podcast worth it or worthless. Rank your least favorite, rank the episodes, not the games. Rate your favorite worth it or worthless hosts. <laughs> so what it does <laughs> is it gives you two options and you say which one you like better. And it just goes through the whole list and then it'll like take all the comparables and plop you out your top 100 without you having to agonize over it. Plop. Well, but Dan agonized, agonized over it. Yeah. It hurt me. I think it, he tricked me. So anyways, <laughs> if you want to hear more, <laughs> if you want to hear thoughts on that, 
<laughs> Check out the Patreon. Patreon. Did All you right, got, Jordan. You got any more fun facts? I don't. I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm fresh out of fun. What do you call the opposite of fun facts? Because I have some of those. Boring. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Like sad real, facts. Real talk. Uh, fun fictions? We're going to call these sad facts. Um, <laughs> so, I... I was looking at some stuff and doing some research, and our, our our buddy from Discord, Thematic Daredevil, sent me so much Castlevania information. Yeah. And the more I read, the sadder I got. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I really enjoyed this game. I've enjoyed... I didn't really love Castlevania 2, but 1 was great, and I, have, <laughs> I like the franchise so far. These are only three games in it that I've played, but I like it. So I'm like, surely, surely the people who made this went on to do great things. <laughs> And that is not the case. So the the creator of Castlevania, his name is Akamatsu, and it says Akamatsu's sequels to Castlevania sold poorly, so he was demoted to working in one of Konami's game centers. Yeah. Like, he got demoted to working in an arcade. (laughs) And he eventually quit Konami. According to Akamatsu, Konami placed profits above all else, and developers who weren't creating games... That doesn't sound like Konami. (laughs) We're only going to make casino games from now on. (laughs) Wait a minute. They did that. It says uh, developers who weren't creating games that made lots of money were eventually axed one by one. Uh, which is just sad. And then it goes on to say, it gets worse. By all accounts, the original Castlevania team disbanded after the making of Castlevania 3. The only non-Castlevania game they ever made was Snake's Revenge, a sequel to Metal Gear, (laughs) designed specifically for Western audiences. And if you know the history of this game, it's widely hated. Metal... Metal Gear creator Hideo Kojima wasn't even told the game was in production. Yeah. And when he found out, he decided to make Metal Gear 2. He decided to make his own sequel for the MSX computer in retaliation. Snake's Revenge is now considered non-canonical, and Kojima has bashed it as a crap little game. (laughs) (laughs) That's brutal. Konami, they're one big happy family. I went and looked, because I'm like, come on, this Akamatsu guy created Castlevania, which is like now part of like a genre like it's created its own genre right yeah well well has led to a game that created its own (laughs) genre but i mean it's like it's like a it's a series that people a lot of people love yeah and the only things that this guy worked on akamatsu has worked on after uh castlevania 3 was that snake's revenge game that we just talked about (laughs) an asterix arcade game remember like asterix the little like viking yes. cartoon character okay. from the newspaper he made an arcade game for that guy and then a konami arcade game called sneak attack sneak attack oh, <laughs> and that's, that's it that classic that's sneak all attack. that's all he's made and somebody Gosh. asked him if he had um like i can't remember if it was symphony of the night or rondo of blood or like one of the later ones like hey have you played it and he's like nah i'm not really interested in castlevania <laughs> it's like oh dude like it's sad to me that you could create something that yeah. so many people love and then you just get like kicked to the curb and never do anything again. Oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It kind of like made me a little bit sad. So yeah. I'm yeah. sorry if that made you sad. That's um, sad. We'll try to bring some laughs in. But there's some sad facts. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to what the game did well? Yeah, let's do it. Jordan, the first thing that I have on my list is kind of a broad point but i think you'll you'll understand what i mean is back to basics for castlevania yes they so castlevania one was uh would you call it revolutionary i don't know maybe it was a very unique game and then castlevania 2 was like let's make this an rpg forget all that stuff that people liked let's 
forget <laughs> let's make it really confusing what if the only <laughs> part of the game that we kept was the terrible stairs and <laughs> just remade whipping. the rest of the game whips uh whips yeah firebombs uh yeah and then they were like <laughs> i feel like castlevania 2 was well received at the time maybe but for some reason they were like yeah we just we're not even going to take anything from castlevania 2 we're just going to make castlevania 1 part 2 and call it castlevania 3 we're just going to take castlevania and this is i had the same thing written on on what the game does well is they took all of the stuff that we loved from the first castlevania game and then gave it three extra years of polish <laughs> like what if we just take like an extra three years to take that game that was already awesome and made it even better. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Super Castlevania would have been like an appropriate name for this one because it just feels like the first one just fully refined and sort of, I can't, I don't know if they could have made a better Castlevania game on the NES than Castlevania 3. Well, they actually wanted to make more Castlevania games, I learned today yeah. while reading about this, and uh, they didn't get to because it didn't sell well. Uh, really? And they didn't get to make any other games. So this is this is a little bit more of a rare NES game. Is that what you're telling me? No, I, I don't think that it like it didn't sell it. it didn't sell like badly. I don't know. I didn't look at what it sold, but it wasn't like Ninja Turtles. And actually, what I saw directly compared it to Ninja Turtles. There was uh, this interview. Like, so this guy's disappeared. This Akamatsu guy is like disappeared, and like not like disappeared in like a, <laughs> um, a murder mystery sense. But like I said, like he's not in the gaming industry. He wasn't like Konami's. The, like... <laughs> they, they killed him. They killed him. No, he's still out there. Oh, I don't know. Actually, he could be kind of old at this point. Anyway, that's not the point but what is the one point? of the guys who worked on the game there's like there's so little like material out there about these games yeah but one of the guys who worked on the game like posted this long thread on twitter like sharing some of his memories of like working on the game and working with the team and it was a very small room it was very crowded <laughs> it's hot there's no air conditioning no we weren't allowed to leave <laughs> konami was standing there with a gun and if we didn't make enough money they killed us <laughs> But basically, he said he he was talking about why the music is so good. He yeah. says, I asked Castlevania creator Akamatsu why the music was so good in Castlevania 3. And he said it was all done in an attempt to outdo the Ninja Turtles games. Wow. And then he goes on to explain, during the Famicom era at Konami, the overseas sales for Turtles was Konami's highest seller. Yeah. And because of that, the Turtles development team was prioritized, prioritized above everything else that Konami did. Yeah. Which you can see and you know, we got four Ninja Turtles games. Games. Wait, was there five? Because you have the fighting game. There's a lot of Ninja Turtles mm. games on the NES, okay? And so well, it three was, on the NES plus the fighting plus game. the fighting yeah. game. Uh, it's a lot of games. So. <laughs> and so that was prioritized above everything else. The Castlevania team and others like it, which didn't make a lot of money, had to survive on the scraps. There was a possibility for further Castlevania sequels on the Famicom, but it got pushed out by the popularity of Ninja Turtles. Okay, so Ninja Turtles killed Castlevania. I I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I feel like that's not even fair to like. <laughs> now I don't know if that's true or if that's just the sentiment from the people who were like in the shadow of the Ninja Turtles people. But if you're using that as your motivation to make an awesome game, that's I mean that's not a bad idea, especially from a music standpoint because we have been outspoken in how much we love the music in those yeah. Nintendo NES uh, Ninja Turtles games, and if they were seeing that as a challenge to create better music, well, I mean. I think we all were the benef like the beneficiaries of that decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't like the idea of 
a giant license that was bigger than most things at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, we don't need to make any more of this other franchise because we have this license that's like doing really well for us. And granted, I think Konami probably made a lot of good license games. Maybe that was just their bread and butter. Um, and Castlevania just kind of, I mean, I don't know. I want to think about like how we got Symphony of the Night because if it was like, I think it actually was maybe they didn't care so much about Castlevania, so that's how they got to do kind of something totally different with Symphony of the Night. It could be a little bit wrong, but I feel like that's not. Um, so Castlevania Three sold eight hundred and fifty thousand units. That's uh, probably not a ton by comparison of like high selling games on the NES. That's but... the the lowest out of the top ten Castlevania selling games. Okay. What are the top tens? <laughs> you want to you want to know the top ten? Number one. Oh wait, wait, sorry. That was the best one. That was the best. Oh, one? the best. That was a top selling Castlevania game. Bloodline sold forty thousand. Yikes. Castlevania Lords of Shadows. I've never even heard of that. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm, this what list you, is made so badly. I don't are even you? want to tell you because the list is made so badly. Number one is the worst selling game and number two is the best selling game. What? Uh, Lord Castlevania Lords of Shadows. Where are you? Dude, I'm on thegamer.com. Okay. Yeah. Castlevania Lords of Shadows sold 1.7. On fine... I just Googled it, man. You should have got, just got on Wikipedia. They would have given is you this a nice list? table. What is this list? Dude. It's a ranker list by PubMead, whatever. <laughs> PubMeeple. <laughs> PubMed. No, okay. So the first one sold 1.5 million. Okay. So there you go. All right. So uh, this list is not in so order at all. Symphony like, of the Night sold 1.2 million. Okay. What a travesty. Yeah. What a travesty. So it's not it's not like the worst, but it. I mean, 850,000 when you had sold 1.5 million. It's not like a huge letdown, but it's a It's, it's kind like of a almost letdown. half. But uh, Castlevania <laughs> 2 is not even on this list, so maybe that did really bad. So maybe it was just two games in a really? row that didn't. It's not even on this list, but this list is Are completely sure? nonsensical. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. Castlevania 2. I can't imagine the second one selling poorly based on the success of the first one. I feel like that would just kind of be like a shoe-in, but... What was it even called? Oh, Simon's Quest. Simon's Quest. There's there's no numbers for it. Simon's Fetch Quest. Get the parts of Dracula. Don't forget his ring and his rib shield. Anyway. Get your firebombs to burn down the bricks. Speaking of burn down the bricks, Jordan. All that to say, this game does everything the first game does, but better. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's definitely what the game does well. I have a point, Jordan. Yeah, let's this hear is it. silly. One of the things that I liked and found amusing. Burning, you burn down bricks in the second one with firebombs, a.k.a. holy water. Yeah. There is an enemy in this game that drips onto the bricks, and it melts bricks. And I thought that was really novel and interesting. Oh, I killed that thing so fast I never got to witness that. What are you talking about? How do you kill? Like, there's literally... Oh, okay. I had a wizard lady. You had a wizard lady, and you took a different path than I did. There were levels where I had to wait for the floor to melt to, like, platform up to where I needed to go. Oh, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about a boss. There's a boss that no. drips, and I no. didn't know if that's what you were talking about. No, no, no. Okay. No, nay, 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 nay. Watch no. me whip. <laughs> oh, that could be like, do you think that song was written about Castlevania? <laughs> about like watching someone play Castlevania? No. I, man. I think if you have a problem, you must whip it was written about Castlevania. Okay, but. that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, yeah, anyways, it's for all of the enemy behavior in this game. I liked the dripping 
melt bricks melt. I don't know why I wrote that. I just find that's it in your top. That's in that's, your top things. That's the point. I was melt, like, oh, melting cool. bricks, melting bricks. That's a novel. Uh, I'll go back to what we said in the opening. The, the added depth that this game has, like yeah. with the branching paths and the multiple characters. You're not just playing as a Belmont with a whip. You got four different playable characters. You got these branching paths, and all of that makes this a better experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also have the branching path. Like, I. It's just. It feels so much like, um, like just what the NES was kind of. I don't want to say what the NES was capable of, but it's like when you think about the first game, it's just linear, and then this one feels like a fully formed. I mean, the second one is is a big interesting idea, but this one is like a cohesive experience. Yeah, that you can go back for more several times yes. to just explore those different characters and the branching paths, and it's like the the graphics are, are different and better, the multiple endings, the the fact that you and I experience different stuff. Um, Alucard can turn into a bat and fly. Okay, I was going to ask you, what is his like yeah. gimmick? Yeah, he can turn into a bat and fly. He can't attack on stairs. Stairs are his mortal enemy. Well, it's hard to attack with anybody on stairs, except for. Uh, 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 Simon Belmondo, Trevor uh, Richter, Ricardo. No, uh, oh, I didn't want, so I actually <laughs> yeah. got I got three characters. Obviously, the one you start with, Trevor, yeah. and then the first dude I unlocked was Grant Dynasty or the Dan- Acrobat Dynasty. No, it's okay. <laughs> they call him I the saw acrobat online they called him online. I called him an acrobat, but in the game, he talked about being a pirate. Yeah, he uh, he can climb on walls. He can and climb he can up move walls. In the air. And he can climb, uh, like you can climb up a wall and then climb along the ceiling. Yeah, you can climb on anything, and you can break levels with him. Really, like, you can just skip whole things because you're like, I don't need to go the right way. I can just climb up this wall. I yeah, which was nice. Yeah, and then nice. I got to uh, the next level, and I unlocked uh, Sifa or Sifa, and she's like a wizard lady. And I thought, oh, cool, I'm gonna have three people now. And so yep. I clicked add her to the party or whatever. And then Grant was like, bye, guys. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. And then yeah. I felt sad that I left Grant behind. Or what was his name? Yeah, Grant. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you can only have two. But I'm glad that I went with the wizard lady because she basically just like single-handedly won the game for me against every boss. They all seem great. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, I didn't like attacking with, with Alucard very much. He has kind of... Um, not the best range or not good power on his attack and his upgraded like weapon is like one ball of energy then two balls of energy then three balls of energy three whole balls of energy three whole balls of energy and they're not that strong now dan this might blow your mind but alucard spelled backwards yeah is dracula what where did they how did you yep yep that'll blow your mind huh sad facts uh and he apparently he's dracula's son well, he's supposedly. Uh, well, in, in an original, um, I think game game uh, publication of sorts, the uh, he was the the count's brother. He was Count Alucard, and he was Dracula's brother. What? I think in some original coverage, yeah. And then they switched <laughs> him to be the son. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, from 1943's uh, vampire movie that I can't remember, they took the name Alucard. Oh. So that wasn't like a a, um, a creation that they made. I no, did see they didn't. They did not figure that out. His his like pseudonym. <laughs> I don't know if this is in the Japanese game or if this is like in the version you played. But he, he's listed as Alucard colon Adrian F Tepes. I think it's Tepes. 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 T e p e s. Where you get an S from? Is like Shh. Budapest. Uh, sure. Why not? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think he said uh, Dracula Tepes. I think that's what he says. 
Okay. I gotta go listen to that book again. Um, branching paths and characters, Jordan. Yes. And the big thing with having the different characters was they also made it so you can't just beat every boss by spamming holy water. You have to find out like different strategies and figure out which character works best. And I would frequently switch between the two characters and figure out who was going to work best against the boss. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed having the different options, different characters. And one thing that's really cool is you could like, I leveled up my Trevor. That just sounds so wrong to call him Trevor. <laughs> I leveled up Trevor till he, so he could throw three holy waters and then I would switch over to the uh, lady wizard and level her up. And so they had different abilities and yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, there were a couple of bosses early on that I couldn't spam holy water, but managed to spam holy water for most, uh, a good number of the other ones. Like it definitely helped for some, but it doesn't stun. They made it harder. It doesn't stun lock bosses anymore. It does. Who? I did. I killed death pretty quickly with it. Okay. Which was kind of an awful fight until you figure out where you can stun lock the holy water. See, I don't, I, it's, most of the bosses yeah, didn't stun lock. And I, I was having like the wizard lady and I was shooting bubbles out, which I went online and saw like there's all these cool spells that I didn't get, but I just yeah. was shooting bubbles at everybody. Bubbles were doing the job. Yeah, the stun locking isn't as broken in this one. They can, yeah. I think they can kind of escape. They're not just like stuck till you can kill them for the most part, but you can definitely do massive amounts of damage at a time with the holy waters. So yeah. the fire bombs, fire yeah. bombs. No, they're what fire bombs. Fire it bombs. does shoot out fire, they're, and you they, would think it's a fire bomb. They're not holy waters. They're Molotov cocktails. In the manual for the first game, it said holy water. No, it didn't. It said fire bomb. What? Why did we think it was holy water? <laughs> Because that's what it is. It's holy water. I'm so confused. But did, Lost in translation. did you not? Did you I did not, not read the manual for this game. No, I was just going to say, did you not go back and listen to our Castlevania episode, Jordan, where we talked about how they didn't call it holy water. They no, called it fire bombs because in the manual, because Nintendo is like so trying to make sure it didn't have any like Dracula satanic castle. Yeah. Okay. Stuff. I remember now. I remember now. My, I you did know? not go back and listen to the old episodes because... They're unbearable. Don't listen to them. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. You told me how much you enjoyed listening to the Castlevania 2 episode. I have been on a quest to finish the audiobook Wheel of Time series. Simon's Quest. Um, and those books are ridiculously long. I, the last one was 42 hours. Yikes. So I did it. But yeah. that's been consuming all of my media time recently. Really? And then when I was playing the game, I didn't want to listen to anything because the music was so good, which goes to my last point, is that the presentation of this game is the the big thing that I think it does well. The music is phenomenal. We already talked about how they were inspired by trying to outdo the music from the Ninja Turtles games, which I'm glad they, they that was their goal because... I can't believe how good the music is in this game. Like, I legitimately just want to go listen to the soundtrack, and I have. And uh, not just the music, though, but going into the whole presentation, the graphics. Now, I, I admit I have limited knowledge in this area, so just prepare to scoff <laughs> at me. Areas. Prepare to scoff at me. But I legitimately feel <laughs> like the graphics in this game are some of the best in the NES. I don't think that that's, like, scoff-worthy. I mean... The game runs pretty well most of the time, yeah. which is an accomplishment, and it looks pretty good. There was only um, like two times when I had some yeah. real bad yeah. stuttering. Yeah, but I I kind of called this the game is atmospheric. Yes, um, which was their goal. Sort of the graphics, the backgrounds, the the whole the vibe, the feel, it all 
kind of works really well for this. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to scoff with like, oh, this doesn't, this isn't one of the best looking NES games. Like, yeah, it looks good. It does. Okay. I'm glad you're, to hear you're not going to yeah. scoff. But talking about it being cinematic, <laughs> when I was reading that, that short like Twitter thread, when the guy was talking about his interactions with the creator of Castlevania, and he said that that was a very concerted decision by the team and the the director, the creator himself, uh, he said that every single decision went through the, the lens of, is it cinematic? We want the music and the framing of each screen and the graphics and everything to have a super cinematic feel. And that was like the lens that they saw the game through. And so that was a very concerted decision, not just something that happened accidentally. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's interesting, like the branching paths or whatever, the idea that the game is like, oh, this this these levels you're going over a lake and these levels you're like going through a forest and like scaling a wall. And I think that even that, just what you said, kind of it's like a cinematic sort of like, oh, they're trying to go for some kind of realism here where um, you're kind of, you're scaling a wall or did you, I, probably not. There's one boss where it's it was like a, a skeleton head that like f- was flying around like a skeleton dragon. And then once you get it to a certain, I think like a third of its health or something like that, it like breaks the temple and like the temple starts flooding. Oh no, and then you're that going, sounds awesome though. You're going through a section where the water is slowly rising and you kind of have to, to go quickly. I did go through a couple different sections where the, the screen was slowly moving up or slowly moving yeah. down and you had to stay ahead of it, but I don't yeah. think I did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just like that idea of like the cinematic, like we're trying to make this feel like it's, you know, like a world or like something's happening or like, it makes sense why this franchise has been turned into a TV series when maybe other more popular ones haven't, because even though there's not a whole lot of plot and the, you know, like the narrative is pretty thin, having that very like cinematic atmosphere to layer the plot onto it's already yeah. there and so yeah. maybe that's a part of why it got developed as a show i also feel like to i think it's interesting in the first one we kind of talked about like the classic horror like monster movies like frankenstein yeah. and mummies and stuff like that i feel like the bosses in this one weren't as like oh classic horror uh, not, See, I got not them. silliness, but I got mummies. I got Frankenstein. I got a Grim oh, yeah. Reaper. <laughs> well, Grim Reaper, that's death. But I feel like my mine was like a little bit less of just like those classic horror and a little bit more original, I think. But I got a little Hydra, like a weird, like amalgamation of five faces that were like spitting blood out. I don't mm. know. It was weird. Uh, from from which movie is uh, which <laughs> classic horror franchise is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. a weird yeah. like uh, hunchback dude that was like carrying a basket on his back I have no idea there was all this weird there's stuff there's a monster trying to hit me with a hammer or something yeah I don't like that guy I like the boss fights I didn't like as far as NES boss fights go these are up there for me <laughs> what stop just stop what, don't, well, don't even. What's, your, what are you, what's the NES boss fight that you like oh I jumped on Bowser's head Ones that aren't frustrating and hard to predict. Oh, see, like I. So part of it is like Kirby's I Adventure mean, has way better boss fights than this game. Oh gosh, that that last uh, that last boss fight. Yeah, last, it's better. Oh, it's better. No. It's so this is the thing: a three phase fight that kicks you back to the beginning of the section. I need got. to say that I played this game on the uh, Konami Castlevania Collection on Switch, which does let you make one save state. And I used it, and I played this game in Celeste mode, which yeah. is I would save after each screen and also after each 
segment of a boss fight. And by doing that, I had I had a better time because I wasn't like having to redo huge sections of things. And it helped me in boss fights memorize the pattern because there is a pattern. It's not random. And doing yeah. that, like being able to see what's going to happen and, and use that to my advantage, it helped. So I'm kind of like, I didn't play the game in the original intended way, yeah. but I played it the way that was fun for me. I played it in a shake my skinny fist at this game and I'm going to take every inch that I can get out of it and spam saves because I have to finish to do, just to do a podcast. <laughs> you will not. <laughs> See, this just wasn't as frustrating to me as, as some games that we've had to do that on. And I, I felt like I was using it uh, a reasonable amount. Well, I think in Castlevania 1, I had a particularly uh, salty time initially yeah. and then i went back and eventually got good enough to, to yes. beat that game without dying and i feel equally like i think i would like to 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 get to that place with castlevania 3 because i do feel like um this is a good fun game yeah but i feel like i had a really frustrating time with it and it could just be like What's because you're trying to speed life? through it I'm, I'm busy and i have to get this thing done and like i don't have time to deal with some of these enemy placements and like i don't want to fight this boss 68 times i just want to beat the boss so i'm gonna like save part way through the fight and you know what i'm saying it's just i don't know it's just the where i'm at playing this game um there's a difference between playing a game and trying to master it for fun and playing it for homework because you gotta record a podcast yeah. in a few hours <laughs> well i would i yeah i'm not i would like to get back and get better at this game um, Dan wants to get good. What's yeah, I new? Do, I do. I do want to get good because sometimes that's a real struggle. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes when we're not playing beat em ups, it's a real struggle. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, all right. I have, Jordan. That's it for me, too, for what it does well. I think we can move on to what the game didn't do so well. All right. All right, Dan. I talked about in the last segment how I really liked the the graphics in this game, and I was impressed with what they were able to do with the 8-bit NES but I feel like some of the stuff they did, it was so complicated and so much texture and so many different like foreground, midground, background things going on that I often had difficulty trying to differentiate between the platforms and the background. Oh, you didn't like, like the stairs surely, that were the same color as the background? Yeah, or like, surely that pillar is a thing I can jump onto. Nope, that was just something in the background and now I'm falling into a hole. Gotcha. And that's where like having the save state on each screen not a big deal. If you're trying to play this game for the first time and you're trying to like make your way through it like the real way and not using save states, you're going to find the hard way what is and isn't a platform. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there were moments where I would like test the water a little bit to see like, can I do that? Can I not do that? Um, and there were moments where I'm like, what am I supposed to do? It took me a second. Oh, there's some stairs here yeah. that aren't like they look like they just blend right in. And on the one hand, like, oh, cool, it's it's cinematic. The stairs kind of look like they're overgrown, like the background. But at the same time, this is a game, and I need to know. I need to know where yeah. I to go. Um, I did learn one trick that helped a little bit. So when you hit the the select button, it would switch between your two characters. Yeah. And a lot of times, the NES engine has a limited palette that it can use. It would use your character sprite color as the platform color for anything that was going to move like so some of the stuff didn't oh. move until you got near it and then it would start moving and when you so if you saw something that was if you were being trevor and you saw a tan part of the ground you knew that that was going to be a thing and if you switched to your other person like she was light blue so then those would become light blue yeah and so that was like a little bit of a trick that i didn't ever actually use but like 
that was just that was really interesting. I was in the middle of uh, fighting one of the bosses that had moving platforms. I think it was the last the last <laughs> boss. And when I switched between them, I noticed the platforms were changing from tan to light blue. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that they had to skin. They had they only had that one sprite color to work with or whatever. I think the last boss was named Bruno. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about Bruno. Uh, yes, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I, you know, kind of. Oh, this isn't really piggyback on that, but my first point is the stairs. Yeah, and just yeah. Well, like we talk about all the things that they they had the three years to polish and make better, and they did that for so many things. But then there's just a few things that were so frustrating that didn't get changed that should have, and that's for me too. The stairs were one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's just Castlevania stairs, just like oh. Got knocked in that pit and I'm down. Now I'm dead. Now, if they just made it the exact opposite, like instead of having to hold up to go upstairs, I don't know. Like maybe, <laughs> I don't know. There had to be a better way to do it. I can't like think of a way off the top of my head. Maybe there wasn't, but the fact that you just walk over stairs and boom, you dropped into a hole because you weren't pressing down when you got to the stairs. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe make it the opposite or th- you only fall down if you're pressing down. Yeah, I feel like um, it's not as uh, much of a problem in this one as it. I think it was in the first one. We might just be getting used to it. Well, no, I think there was, well, again, we took different paths. So yeah. I feel like the stairs were less of a problem, but it was still like, oh, cool, Castlevania stairs, which make fighting this enemy awkward. Or here comes the flying whatever harpy or something. Oh, the Medusa head things. Well, the Medusa heads were one and there were like other, there was like this green enemy that was oh, yeah. floating yeah, yeah, the yeah, shield yeah. or something. And then the, I don't know what the dragon. And it comes at you on skulls. the stairs. Yeah. And you're trying to attack it. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to, the skulls that shoot fireballs and you're trying to whip those. And then it's, it's just like, you're talking stairs. about the clock tower sequence heading up to Dracula at the end of the game. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it was bad. Uh, I did like, there was one of those sequences where you're going up the stairs and, uh, the, the screen is rising with you yeah. and they helped you out by placing platforms in there so you could platform and jump up a lot of it and avoid the stairs, which I at that point was appreciative of because you'd be trying to move fast and you, you'd be going upstairs when you didn't want to and you wouldn't be going upstairs when you needed to. So yeah, the stairs are bad. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, also in that same, like things that should have been changed that didn't get changed is also why are hearts still ammunition? Like we went from we the first game. We talked about this. Dude. I know hearts are ammunition in the this first game. Captain then they become Planet. money in the second game, and now they're back to being ammunition. It's like <laughs> I I had to remember how this series worked because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting health, I'm getting health, and then I died. I'm like, why am I dying? I'm picking up all these hearts. I'm like, oh, because hearts are sub weapon ammunition for some reason. No, they're they are they are uh, confidence and essence to attack those enemies with boldness and heart <laughs> and then in the second game they are experience points they are currency and they are ammo yeah <laughs> but like the weirdest thing is i didn't find a single wall chicken in this game did really you? did I you found a lot of wall chicken okay so you must have known what to look for so i, I was, was looking everywhere because i needed it never once got health in this game really yeah you gotta get good. You gotta just whip all the random walls. That yeah, but I don't like want that's the same thing. High. We talked about this with uh, Super Metroid too. Like, I don't want to just go around shooting random walls. I don't want to go around hitting random walls. Like, give me a little crack. Give me the Zelda treatment. I know. Like, you can miss it if you're not paying attention. But let me actually have some sort of indication to know what I'm supposed to be hit. And so I went back and played Castlevania One, the first level, just like as a quick refresher. Yeah. And very quickly found the wall chicken. So I don't know what it was in that game that it was intuitive. In this game, it wasn't. That I played a whole four or five hour game and never once found a health. 
I don't know. Speaking of Castlevania one, I liked the little nod. I forgot to say this, what the game does well. There's a little nod, like when you get up to Dracula's castle, you kind of are going through a similar hallway as the, yeah. the first level of the first game. And I was like, that's really cool. I like that. I appreciate that. I think the same song is playing and stuff. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Jordan, uh, the, I have a big point, which is, I don't know, lots of means, lots of things. The game is obnoxiously difficult. See, I, I mean, I didn't have that experience, but I played difficult. it differently than you. Yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't sound like you played it that differently, but there's so many like gotchas and like, I had to fight the last boss like 78 times. They're like Dracula phase one, cheap floor fire. Did you not, you Dracula, weren't saving in the intermediate two. stages of Dracula? I, I ended up doing that. Okay. Cause but, I think it took me maybe five times to beat him. Really? But I also had this spell that like was OP um, for the bubbles, man. Just chucking bubbles at Dracula. That'll yeah. do it. You never knew that his weakness was bubbles. You always thought it was a wooden stake through the heart. I was trevoring bubbles. The, I trevored my way through the, the See, I, yeah, I don't know. Once I got but, the wizard lady, she was kind of my yeah, go-to. I don't, I don't know, man. But like the gotchas are back that we kind of talked about. Climbing the clock tower, there's stuff coming at you while you're on the stairs and you're trying to like whip these things that are shooting fireballs and there's plenty of gotcha pits and then, you know, Medusa heads when you're going through a platform area that if you jump, the platforms flip. Yeah. Like, did you, did you experience any of those? They were like thin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, reading that interview again with the, the creator, he said that his philosophy on game difficulty was that if he can beat it, then that's like, that's good. Cause he said, he's not a very good gamer. He said he can't beat. there's people out there who can beat oh, Dracula with just the whip and he can't goodness. do that. So if he can beat it, then it's not too hard. That's that ridiculous. You Cause you made the game. I know. And so this is one thing that people who make games forget. And if you've ever played super Mario maker, you've probably run into this exact same thing. When you are making a game, you test it over and over and over. Yeah. You are fine tuning the physics to how you play. If I could beat it after a thousand hours, everybody should be able to. Yeah. And so, and if you ever played Mario Maker and you've made a level that was hard and you tried to get your siblings or a, a kid or somebody to play it, and then all of a sudden they're like, this is not fun, it's too hard, it's because they didn't make it. They don't know all the exact ways yeah. to jump and yeah. to do it. And so, when the game creator's philosophy is, if I can beat it, then it's not too hard, that's uh, kind of flawed. And maybe, you know, like if the guy would have had more time in the industry, he would have eventually changed his philosophy, but as we already <laughs> talked about, he did not get that opportunity. Which but, is sad. Yeah. I feel like uh, this, I, I think the Wikipedia page said that, that some of the criticism of this game was the difficulty of it. I don't know if it's harder than the first one. I feel like it is harder than the first one. I could be wrong about that, but I have not played this one as extensively like, as the first one. I feel like it wouldn't be. I think that they're pretty similar, but the fact that you have multiple characters in different play styles allows you to kind of work around those obstacles in different ways. Yeah. And so... Like, obviously, I'm skewed because I didn't play it in its original intended format. I would highly recommend anybody to play this with the modern-day collection that lets you save or if you've got a Retron and you can play the original cartridge in a way that lets you save because it is so much more fun to be able to, like, master each section. And I felt like I was... I didn't feel like I was breaking the game or cheating around it. I felt like I was giving myself a chance to learn the patterns and master it. I think we should say the continue system also generous in this game. We forgot to to bring that up. If you do yeah. fail it, it lose all your lives, you just go back to the beginning of the level. So you, you can retry over and over and over again if you want. I think the password system also probably works the same way of just like 
keeping your progress throughout the game. I didn't use the password system, so I assume that's what it's for. But um, yeah, but still, even the, with generous continues and all that stuff, I felt like this game was a chore a lot of the time. I just didn't want. I don't. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with. This. It's like oh, I'm taking damage because like you're over spawning the little flea guys. Just let me. Oh, okay. You're gonna drop them in front of me. Cool. I'm gonna stop. And now you're gonna spawn <laughs> them behind me and in front of me at the same time. Like why? Like don't just. Come on, guys. Like I just. I don't. I want this game to be fun, and I just need you to back it off a little bit. Apparently. Um, one of the things in the Japanese version is different enemies do different amounts of damage. Yeah, and that's really the hard part. And we've talked about that in the first game too, is that the higher level you go, the more damage each enemy does. Yeah. And if they would have just like kept it to the same amount of damage, you get so many more enemies in the later levels. Just You can either up the amount of enemies or up the amount of damage, but when you do both, it makes it really hard. Up the amount of health. Give me some life swords. Life swords. What was that from? <laughs> Super Star Wars. Super Star Wars. Not health, health, health swords. Life savers. Life savers. Life savers. Life savers. A, a classic candy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game's hard. It I'm, is. I'm yeah, a little, a little annoyed. That was my last point too. Is that the difficulty curve is just kind of funky. I don't know, man. Like I just, I feel so conflicted because it's like the game is playable. Yeah, especially with the modern implementations yeah. of save states. It's not like it's poorly made. No, not at all. But it's just like, why does this need to be as absurd? Like maybe nerf the spawn rates a little bit. Just like, just just dial it back a little bit. Death, <laughs> why, why are you throwing all these scythes at me, Death? Like, give me just like two. Yeah. And then when you get more hurt, maybe throw a third one. Or maybe just fly somewhere that I can stun like you easier with the holy water. See, and again, this goes to the, the bubble thing. She shoots out three bubbles, takes out all the scythes, and they keep homing and can hit the bad guy. So it's just like... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, if, you, if you have the right combination of, of uh, characters to use and yeah. you have the right power-ups for them, then you're good to go. Sounds like you played the game on baby mode. So I probably did, and I didn't even like look up what to do because I was really hoping to have Trevor and Grant and Saifa. <laughs> I never came across Alucard. Yeah, he's, he's the I think the other route. Adrian Tepish. Tepish. Alucard. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. I don't have a whole lot of stuff to say about the game that it did poorly. Yeah, I don't know. I feel conflicted. I'm like, <laughs> this is a good game. I'm mad at it. Yeah, there you go. That's retro gaming in a <laughs> sentence right there. I love this game, but I also it makes me so mad sometimes. <laughs> I was finishing this game with my son by me on the couch and he's like dad you died and i'm like i don't want <laughs> <laughs> you got a little dark souls like, next you to should... you you died <laughs> he's like just he's trying he's like just stop like he's trying i'm like son i have to finish this for a podcast and like he can see this is good tell for your him, mental like, health dad you should stop playing this i had game. to tell him like five times i'm like i need to finish i can't like son i'm not gonna quit until i beat this game your dad's not a quitter <laughs> And it was just funny because he's just like, well, just, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know My what? son. <laughs> that should be retro gaming in a nutshell. Just, just stop. stop. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> All right, Jordan, let's move on to the rest of our show. All right. All right, Dan, what would you pay for the experience that you had with Castlevania 3? What would I pay? What would I pay? What would I pay? Should I save my gut or should I logic this out? Uh, do both. 
Do both. What's your gut right off the bat? My gut is like nine, ten dollars. Okay. Um, but I feel like if I played this game more, that number would probably go up as I as I reduce some of the friction of getting through this game. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of potential to like really enjoy this experience, but I would have to fight through that in the same way that like people are like Dark Souls is great. Like you got to you got to work for that uh to enjoy Dark Souls. Um and so I feel like in a in a Dark Souls-esque way, I could see me probably getting anywhere from 20 to 30 on this once I mastered the experience. Wow. So, yeah, I would probably probably double to triple in in value to me if I invested that time to to get good. Um yeah. Okay. But what about you? So, I paid 10 bucks for the Konami Castlevania collection. It's usually 20 bucks, but it goes on sale, same with the Contra one where they go on sale for 10 bucks. Cheaper than that. Does it go cheaper than that? I think the I think I recently saw the the anniversary uh what's what's the arcade shoot 'em up one? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like four bucks in the last like couple weeks. Dang. Okay. So yeah. what you need to do is go on the Switch or PlayStation or Xbox eShop, whatever theirs is called, and wish list this so you get a notification when it goes on sale because it is really, really worth it at ten bucks. Oh, yeah. That collection. This is one of the the purchases on my Switch that I feel like super satisfied with yeah i haven't regretted it and there's still so many games on there that we haven't played and i also have the um game boy advance castlevania game collection wish listed yeah i haven't bought that yet because that one doesn't go on sale for it's some new, reason it's pretty new yeah so yeah. for me like knowing that i got that collection at 10 bucks i feel good right at that price point like what would i pay for just this one game it's like yeah, one you're of- on your 3ds you're no, looking through I'm the not. eShop. I'm not. I, that doesn't work for me. You're doing it for how you would do it. Like for me. That's not how I would do it. I'm like not. you said nine bucks and I didn't instantly hate that. Like wow. in reality, would I pay $9 for this? No, because I got the whole collection for $9. Yeah. Uh, so that's what makes it hard. Yeah. But I think this is probably one of the best games on that collection. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say like $7. $7. It's not bad for you. If it, well, I guess this doesn't really make any sense, but I'm like, if there was like an individual Castlevania 3 re-release where they kind of dressed it up and gave you sort of uh, special remastered stuff where it's like, there's no slowdown. You can speed up the thing like Digital Eclipse does with their collections. And here's like some developer interviews, like a documentary. And like, <laughs> if they gave you like a super deluxe I love how you're tailoring this, this fantasy to what you would want. <laughs> I truly don't care about I any that of that thing. stuff. I got the Cowabunga collection and like... And I, you've regretted it since you I, got it. No. You told me that you were like, I don't know if this was worth it. Because I got the super expensive version. Yeah. Whatever. We're not talking about that. I, but my, <laughs> my point was... <laughs> shout out to Shredder's Revenge waiting for that to ship. Um, my point was... Wait, you don't have that game yet? No, not physically. Oh, you bought it twice? No, I played it on Game Pass. Okay. And I waited for a limited run to, to ship me the expensive <clears throat> version of that. Uh, I've, I've lost my train of thought, Jordan. It'll be here in 2030. Thank, Both the train of you. thought and Shredder's Revenge. Thank you. All that to say, if I got, if they made a collection with all of those bells oh. and whistles, what would I pay for it? No, but I was back in my point quickly about the Cowboy Collection. Put it in the system. <laughs> immediately just looked through the special features. Didn't play games. I was like, what is yeah. it? What, are, what, what museum? What are these concept arts? What are these... 
I'm like, I, I, yeah. I'm sure I it's like, all on YouTube. I like that stuff. I like it. I like it a lot. I guarantee I like you it's all digital, on YouTube, though. Digital saying. Eclipse does a phenomenal job with, with like, nerdy, like, cool editions of games. Anyways. Yes. You want to know what would sell me on a special edition game? Uh, of Castlevania 3? Or, yes. like, something like Snow Brothers, where they remake it. And Any game. Put beautiful graphics Any game. In it. Any game. Uh, burritos. No, just make it cheaper. Just make it cheaper, and then I'm sold. <laughs> no, that's not always true. How about Bubble Bobble with four friends for twenty dollars? <laughs> it's on my wish list. It's on my wish list. It it frequently goes on sale for fifty percent off, which is twenty dollars. <laughs> and I'm not even remotely interested. It, the, yeah, it's like what? Do, do, when it gets down on. to when it gets down to like four ninety nine. It's Bubble Bobble. Like, what are you guys up. doing? But no, not before that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, anyways, uh, you're saying. Nine. Nine to ten. Maybe up to 30. Up to 20. We'll call it 27. Okay. Nine to 27. <laughs> I said seven. Dan, what do you think the, uh, a loose copy of Dracula, Dracula's Curse? That's what this is called? Yeah. Castlevania, Castlevania 3. Dracula's three. Curse. Satan Castle. Okay. What do you think it's going for? <laughs> uh, at North American NES? Yes. Loose. Um, I think this one's getting up there in price. I think it, the, um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's come down recently at all, but last, I think I looked. We were we were somewhere in like the forty dollar range, so I think it's like forty, like thirty five to forty dollars. Currently, right around forty five dollars. Yeah. It looks like early this year it peaked around fifty. Yeah. If you want to take a guess at what it's going for? Complete. Complete. Uh, this is probably one of those um, games that people who had it when they were kids, I think, are kind of obsessed with it now, maybe. Um, I'm going to say $180 for a complete copy. Right around 150 Okay. Yeah. Okay. PAL version, loose coming in at $96. Mm, there's PAL tax. But, Dan, if you want a complete copy of the, the PAL version, it's, it's only 85. $303. <laughs> oh, gosh. What? Yeah, that's rough. So, uh, some serious PAL tax. It's double the price more than double the price over there in the pal region so again your best bet is to just buy that konami castlevania collection when it goes on sale for five to ten dollars four dollars yeah yeah seriously i mean i don't love these anniversary collections that konami has put out because they don't have um a couple of the features that Digital Eclipse puts in their oh games. Oh my gosh! You now. get you get the games. And you get the Japanese games. What else do you want? You get the game, and it's got save state. They just feel the save state. That's a problem. Like I want more than save state. Okay. Um, well, it works. I've I've beaten does, three games. I want now. rewind. I wish. No, I wish I no, no, rewind. no. Rewind like, is too much. It's no, too much. It's it, not. it makes you not actually like have to like master the segment that you're working on. Yeah, I, it's I, a little I really, bit too much. It's. It, I'm glad it's not there because I would have used it and abused it. So, I even was like trying. I was like, what's the, what's the combination to yeah. press on here to get the rewind? And I'm glad that it wasn't there. Yeah. Some people don't like to take the slowdown out of their retro games, but that's one thing Digital Eclipse does is let you oh, that use Turbo nice. Computer so that you just never experience slowdown, which, yeah. Shout out to the Cowabunga Collection where you can remove the slowdown. Yeah. In all those old turtle games, which you is You just got to pay like $300 to get it. No, you don't. How much did you pay for that? collection the special edition yeah we don't talk about bruno i said it wasn't 300 gosh i couldn't have stomach i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't have done that at 300 yeah look at my fine layered uh 
Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a Ninja Turtles. four pieces of acrylic layered in front of each other you, with yep. turtles painted. There's a on turtle them. logo. You've got Leonardo. Let's just describe it. Let's let's get some let's get some retro it's gaming gonna look, ASMR. It's gonna look real <laughs> good in about a month when it's coated in dust and you have to try to dust in between four very closely. Well, they come off panels. easily. The, oh, okay. uh, it's so already it's f- been about a month that it's been full time <laughs> right. job right. Right. cleaning this little <laughs> diorama on your desk that blocks stop five percent of your computer monitor. I needed somewhere to put it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I we're not ready to put it anywhere yet. <laughs> uh, all right. You guys uh, know how I tell you that his, this room is like ninety five percent covered in turtles, and now we might be fully covered with this new stuff from the Kawabunga collection. So we have trivia. We got a little bit of trivia. I don't have like multiple choice for you, but these are more little like trivia factoids. So we won't put okay. this against your official record if you don't. Okay. If you don't get it, but Dan, do you know why uh, the Belmonts are all hunchbacks? Because of the NES. <laughs> Now, I don't know if this was a real answer or if this was just him goofing around because it said that he laughed after saying it. But the the creator of the game said that they all have hunchbacks because they're always in position ready to whip an enemy. Okay. Oh, all right. Which, okay. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Okay. Speaking of the whip, Dan, why did the Belmonts use whips? Instead of something more practical like a gun. crossbow? <laughs> yes, crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that weapon was legendary, Vampire Killer. So that was that was it. It was magic. It was a magic whip. But I think that this is the game that like made a whip like a vampire killing thing. I don't think there's any like other media that uses a whip in vampire slaying. No, because the Belmonts are only exclusive to Castlevania. Like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So Do- I'm saying, but why did the Belmonts use a whip? Because they have a special whip. It's called Vampire Killer. Yeah, but what? Jordan, that's the story of Castlevania. I got that, but why did the developers <laughs> choose to make them use a whip? Is that what I'm trying is to ask the you. Lore. The Lord did not. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> they said we're gonna make a vampire hunter. He uses a whip. All right. Is it? If you're just if you're afraid to have a wrong answer, you don't have to be silly. But I'll tell you, Dan. <laughs> it's because the creators really had. Well, they recently had watched. Indiana they had Jones. recently killed a vampire with a whip. All right. Let's <laughs> just move on. They recently watched Indiana Jones. <laughs> For that's part of it. And all of the members of the development team were big fans of American Westerns. So oh, there you go. Th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of whips in, in American Westerns. Yeah, that was like a thing. Was it? Like the bull whip, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know anything about Westerns. You taught me about Clint Eastwood. I don't even know if I can name a single movie. John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne's Teeth. What? Smoke Signals. All my favorite Westerns. <laughs> Spaghetti Westerns? Uh, Westerns. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not real trip. Not we, we, we blew through so most of my trivia. So I yeah. just threw a couple off the dome too. Man, Got lots good. of good stuff. Yeah. I like this game. I like this franchise a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You like this, this, you like the trivia game or, or Castlevania three, Dracula's revenge, Dracula's curse, curse, Dracula's curse. Dracula's what is Dracula's curse? To, apparently to say? have nobody want to be part of his industrial revolution <laughs> his 1400s industrial revolution so many big gears yeah i got I, jordan we got a new segment we're yeah gonna, we're testing this out all right this is a, here's a little curveball for you we're calling this the voice of a generation oh <laughs> i heard about this all you right heard about this guys 
we're fielding questions from from our patrons for Jordan. He doesn't know. No, doesn't I know have what's, no idea what's, what's going, going to happen. on. So these may or may not be retro gaming specific or gaming in general. Okay, but, I'm happy to talk about anything. Jordan has some hot takes, so we're gonna we're gonna dig inside the brain of the voice of a generation. All right, uh, self declared voice of a generation. Who called you that? I where, where uh, that just at? it was like a vote on the internet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All the millennials got together yeah. and they said, "This guy, <laughs> we pick this one." Uh, Jordan, this one, uh, a few of these from TH Spurs fan. Then we got one from from thematic Daredevil who sends us all of our trivia. I know. These We're going to have to give him like a research assistant credit or something. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, uh, what fighting game do you like to play on the rare chance that you do play them? <laughs> Does Smash Bros. count as a fighting game? What is it? Yes. But what uh, do you, are there any others that you, you're just uh, a big fighting game guy? No. <laughs> Both of us. I mean, when I was a kid and I go to the arcade, I'd want to play some like Marvel versus uh, Street Fighter. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Yeah. But like I was never good at it. We had Street Fighter when I was a kid. We had Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. But no, we didn't have Mortal Kombat. The kid down there, Jimmy. Jimmy Wolfhead. Shout out to Jimmy Wolf. Shout out to James Bernard Wolf the <laughs> third. Use his full name. Put some respect on that man's name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if I'm going to actually play a fighting game myself, it's going to be Smash Bros. That's going to yeah. be the only one that I've played in the last 15 years. But you wouldn't select one of the Marvel versus Capcom games? No. Or, any game yeah. you have to memorize a combo, I'm X-Men. out. X-Men. You don't have to memorize combos in Marvel versus if Capcom. You just smash buttons and you think you're good at the game. Exactly. <laughs> so, no. It's pretty much Smash Bros. exclusively. Yeah. All right, Jordan. Next one. How much would you pay for a fully restored Rampart cabinet? Not an arcade one up. It's hard because I don't have a place <laughs> to put one. Stop it. No, no, no. This isn't a hypothetical world this where I have money and a place to put this. It's going in your kitchen. You got a big... I you don't got, have a big play. kitchen. <laughs> we don't have You're a big getting kitchen. rid of the refrigerator. You're putting in a Rampart cabinet. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that because then I'm gonna have to, my wife wouldn't appreciate that. But like, if I had space... Or here, I'll, I'll put one in the... Um, the, the youth group that I work with, we meet in a barn. Yeah. I could put a Rampart cabinet in the barn because it would be... Okay. That's a great game to have yeah, yeah, in okay. a youth center. So, oh <laughs> gosh. I have no idea what a Rampart cabinet would go for. Yeah? Well, I've, I've never okay. seen one Probably. in the wild. <laughs> Nobody it's has. It's my favorite game, but I've never seen one. Um... I'm also like, <laughs> I love that you're, you're like, torn. Okay, like I get the thing? sometimes like I'm saying like, I would have a hard time saying no at $500. Wow. Which I know is not a lot, but it's also me saying that. Yeah. No, that is it. That's a lot for you. Yeah. $500, 500 for, the, for wow. the barn. Wow. I already got a spot picked out in my head for where it would go. Let's make this happen. If you guys, we'll keep you guys have guys a, a lead on a $500 Rampart cabinet in the Southeast Michigan area. And you can get it to a barn I know of. Let me know. GoFundMe.com slash uh, uh, Rampart. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'll I mean, let's let's make it happen, people. Uh, Jordan, where do you see retro gaming going in the next five years? I literally just thought about this today, which yeah? is funny because I had no idea what these questions were. But somebody, I saw somebody refer to, there was this, this big sale happening. Some arcade in Europe went out of business and they were selling a bunch of games, like all of their, their games, obviously. And uh, it referred to Pac-Man as a vintage arcade game. And I think yeah. that we're getting to the point where like those 70s, 
some 80s games are starting to be vintage, not retro. And it's probably not far off until the games that we love and grew up with are going to fall into that vintage category Ugh. where the the coming generations, Gen Z and the gen- generation after it, aren't going to really care about NES and Super Nintendo games. Yeah. And so it's going to become more and more a niche thing. And maybe the characters live on, like Super Mario movie and like that, and Sonic movie and that kind of stuff. Jack Black? But the games themselves <laughs> are probably going to be relegated into that vintage world, uh, which once something is called vintage, like retro is cool and fun. Vintage is sad and kind of depressing. Do you think it might go the way of like records where it uh, sees, you know, in I 20 years, like it, it tanks in the next, you know, see, this is 20 the thing years with records, though. 30 years from now, it kind of... Records... First of all, they're fun to collect and like look at and easy to produce. Like so if you like if you're gonna like put out an album today, you can make a record. It's not like you're gonna oh, okay, I'm putting out a game on the PS5. I'm just let me go print this on a NES cartridge. It's not really the same use case. Also, you have the fact that record audio quality. Now I am not an audiophile. Give me a low bitrate MP3. I'm happy that I'm fine with that. <laughs> but the people who know what they're talking about supposedly say that records sound better. So you have something that, A, you can still make, and B, sounds better. So I don't think that retro video games are, they fit that. I think that, you know, people are still going to be making modern games with that, like, yeah. vin- like that retro aesthetic. But I think that the more good, modern, retro aesthetic games we get, it kind of diminishes, like, well, why do I want to go play this 8-bit or 16-bit game from the early 90s when somebody's making an 18 or an 8 or 16-bit game today? that hits all of that nostalgia vibe for me but is also still fun to play and has like quality of life features and it's going to become more of a pain to yeah. play retro games well the modern stuff is more like synthetic nostalgia it more touches like and you know us americans we don't do anything <laughs> synthetic <laughs> we only eat organic <laughs> if my video games aren't organic i send it back <laughs> There you go. I know uh, that that probably hurts most of you to hear me well, say that. And I am not an expert by any means, so I could be completely wrong. I mean, you look at the homebrew scene, like there's there's um there's still like more boutique companies out there making modern NES games that you can put in an NES and it'll work and stuff like that. Exactly. Like, and all Micromages of Micromages is a great example of that. But all of those are coming with the benefits of thirty years of yeah, additional for sure. uh you know institutional knowledge of how games should be made and how yeah. not to punish your user base. And so even those are going to like, but does that count as retro? Yeah. I mean, sort of, I don't know. Yes and no. I mean, so, it's on a retro system. I mean, yeah. it says next five years. So, um, next five years, probably not a big change. Yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm wondering, um, if the market kind of is what it is now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get another global pandemic to see prices skyrocket again. Gosh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> how much the prices are really going to come down. No, I don't um, think they're coming down. Yeah. Because games are going to become, like, you know, for every time somebody finds a box of games in their attic, you also have somebody who's tossing them in the dumpster. So yeah. they're just going to continue to be less and less good quality ones out there. So they're going to have to go up in price. <sighs> But at least we're getting more cool collections. So that's yeah, nice. I'm all for that's the nice. digital collections. Put them on there. Yeah, do you know what IIRK just announced, Jordan? Stop, Dan. Do you, you know what I like you and the no, five listen, other people listen, who own listen, one of these? Listen, things. listen, 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 listen. The first official release of Ninja Baseball Batman, IIRK 
Ninja Baseball Batman sold 50 cabinets in North America. Exactly. And they're now gonna we're sell, getting they're an official sell. release. <laughs> I would, Dan, I would be shocked. I'm so pumped. <laughs> absolutely shocked if they sell more than 50 copies of it digitally. It? <laughs> I'll be one of those 50. I know you will. But I'm You're just gonna saying, come play like, it. It's gonna be great. Uh, Jordan, last question. Last question. This this is from our friend Thematic Daredevil. Ever the the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm honestly disappointed in our founding fathers for allowing that to happen. It's so small. There's no purpose for it to exist. It's not a road or an island. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think that we should... Just merge it into what does it even buy? Connecticut? It's New England. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just Connecticut, New York. Mush it know. into another state and <laughs> we know. can keep the flag, make Puerto Rico a state or something. We'll just make it happen. Okay. I'm sorry to the <laughs> dozen people who live in Rhode Island. I don't even know how many listeners we have in Rhode Island. They're frantically trying to <laughs> delete our podcast from the hard drive on their yacht. Oh, my word. Uh, that's it, Jordan. That's it. We did it. Voice of a generation. There you yeah, go. Give yourself, give yourself a round of applause. You survived. Let's see where this goes next <laughs> next month. There you go. I didn't. This is a lot of power. You For $2 a month, you can ask me any question you want? Yeah, basically. All right. Well, there you go. AJA. Aha. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Moving on, Jordan. We're rolling out another new little little segment to discuss in future episodes. We're gonna be doing a a, I don't know what this is this is called. As in my notes, it's called like a monthly quest of sorts. It's kind of like a bounty, but not really. Um we're gonna start like posing a monthly topic to kind of discuss for the entire month on Discord. Oh nice. And then the following month we're we're gonna be we're going to be discussing it on the podcast. Okay. Some interesting responses, things like things of that nature. And we'll just see where it goes. Maybe it turns into something, maybe it doesn't. But uh, next month, uh, December's sort of question that we're looking at is, uh, what is your dream game? And if you could make an officially licensed sequel to any retro game, what would it be? Oh, baby. <laughs> I already know it. You already know it. I'm the, we're gonna Super have just, Mario Brothers 4, guys. I can see it in his eyes. I'm just going to have a whole Discord <laughs> Rampart 2. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Jump on Discord. What, what's your dream game? And if you can make a sequel, officially licensed to any game, what would you pick? Yeah. We can uh, have I like, a chat I like on this. Discord, and then we'll yeah. we'll uh, do a little recap on the next episode. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything else before we move into our Patreon-exclusive segments? I think that's going to do it. Yeah, so for $2, you can hear... Uh, what, what? Where does this, this rank? Extended segments in general. But uh, today we're going to be talking about where, where we thought... Uh, Castlevania 3 ranks amongst all the episodes to give us some context and then of course uh, we're going to be uh, other comparable modern games yeah what are some games some that are out today that are more modern that you could get the same kind of vibe or at least take some elements of this that uh, do it well today in 2022 or around that time 2023 or 2024 or 2017 mm, we were in a podcast in 2017 Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, a game could have come out in 2017 that's, like, a real good Castlevania vibe. Perhaps. <laughs> worthitorworthless.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash worthless. 
All right, Jordan, do you have anything else before we uh, we we crash this plane and call it a night? I think that's going to do it just from, from both of us as we head into the holiday season. Just a little PSA yeah. for all of you. If you didn't know, Christmas started on November 1st and goes to yeah. January 2nd. So Merry Christmas to all of you. We've got Thanksgiving probably around the time this episode's coming out. So hope you guys all have a great holidays. Uh, whatever you're doing with your families over the next couple months while it gets cold, unless you're somewhere where it's warm, then we're jealous and uh, enjoy it. <laughs> uh, one last question, Jordan. Are you excited to continue to explore the Castlevania franchise? Or are you? Okay? Yes, I'm yes. still excited. I, I'm, I, I don't know what comes next. I think Super Castlevania, maybe? Super Castlevania 4. It's not just oh, a sequel, of course. it's a super sequel. Yeah, super sequel. I'm also really liking that we're working our way through this uh, like chronologically, so I hope we continue to do that yeah. as, to the extent that we can. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for more Castlevania. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have not played much Castlevania 4, so I'm excited to have an excuse to play through that whole game. Yeah. Because I seem to flake out on it. But. Did Super Castlevania 4 come out before the Genesis Bloodlines Castlevania <sighs> game? Or yeah. we'll have to check before. Nobody, we... nobody can say for sure. That Nobody can that, say for sure. That information is not I'm out there. I'm sure Wikipedia knows. <laughs> but also, I know that people really like that one, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have yeah. to check and see which one comes next. All right, my friend. I think that that's going to wrap it up for the show. We will see you in December. Yeah. Uh, for, for something. My birth month. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. All right, everyone. All see right. ya. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a rating or review wherever you're listening and if you shared the show with other retro gaming fans in your life. If you're looking for more retro gaming content, check out worthitorworthless.com where you can find things like reviews, guides, game recommendations, and of course, all of our relevant links. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks.